0: about time for true crime hey hi ali and i now make eye contact to make sure that we don't say hey at the same time all the time even though neither of us just talked about it
1: i just closed my eyes and we still like matched pitch on that hey Hey. (laughs) (laughs) um
0: how you guys doing how's your week so far happy november I freaking love the winter. I think it took so long for me to like learn how to admit
1: that. But I love it. You just said that out loud at my house. I know. Uh, Well, don't get me wrong. Like
0: fall, winter to me, I kind of clump seasons and like warmth or cold. Mm. So I like fall the best. Spring is probably a second favorite, if not like tied for favorite. I really like the transitional seasons. Um, but I'm just embracing the cold. I really like getting warm and cozy. And as someone who's always cold, it's Mm. like finally everyone's on the same freaking page. Like, let's get inside. I'm cold. So I'm happy about that.
1: Sweater weather is elite. It's true. I will say that.
0: Do you listen to Girl in Red? No, I'm kidding. What is that? It's for the gays. Sorry.
1: I don't know what that is. That's okay. Girl in Red. Continue. Okay. (laughs) Um... What are you thankful for this week?
0: Um, This week I'm thankful for our pod babies. But also I am thankful for daylight savings. Okay. Damn, I love an extra hour of sleep every fall.
1: Oh, I hate that it gets so dark. I'm being so pessimistic right now. I know who are you? Who are you?
0: This is the crash from the sugar, you guys. She just add so much sugar. Oh my god! From all that leftover Halloween candy. I need to
1: snap out of this. This is not like, like okay. <laughs> so we're not going to be negative, Nelly today. Okay, wah wah.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, I'm feeling especially just grateful in general for like cats. Oh, I, that sounds. No, so, I love that. That's so <laughs> weird, but. I I just I fucking adore my cat, even though she like had a little bit of poop on the carpet today. <laughs> you have to tell that story. Okay. <laughs> All right, so if you're eating, I apologize. Either skip or like chew, swallow. Wait twenty minutes. Pause, yeah. Yep. <laughs>
0: twenty minutes. <laughs> After uh, I don't know, like <laughs> what is
1: the swimming? Are they gonna get a cramp if they listen your cat poop story? <laughs> now wait twenty minutes. I mean it. To let your sunscreen dry. No, um, so, you know, all right, people, I'm going to get real with you. <laughs> I am. I'm going to... A day in the life. I'm going to get real with you. All right. I'm going to get relaxed here. <laughs> you know when you have a cat? Yeah. And you know when your cat takes a shit? Absolutely. And it has the post shit zoomies. Oh, the post poop zoomies are real. It just like, they, they feel lighter and they're like, ooh. Yeah, and like, <laughs> if you have stairs, fucking forget about it. Up, yeah. down, up, down. Up. Okay. That was a third of my body weight. Look at me fly. Yes. <laughs> so my cat was so eager to shit today i was getting ready you know me yep. do my makeup, listen to my podcast <laughs> all right i was listening to something by morbid probably yep or crime junkie or something i don't know hey um when i was rudely interrupted Ugh. by the sound of my cat launching herself out of <laughs> her fucking litter box and i'm like all right like this is normal and then she starts running but one of her shits was, like, <laughs> <laughs> along for the ride, no. if you will. <laughs> it's so... <laughs> so she makes it... She, like, clears the bathroom, right? Like, where it's tile, right, where right. it would have been better. A lot easier to clean up. Correct. Um, She said, fuck that. We're going on the carpet. Yeah. And so somewhere in her, like, running it, it freed itself, oh, if you my? will. I can't tell. Oh, my God. I'm sorry. This is terrible. It uh, um, lodged itself loose. It did. It did. And, uh, well, she was just as surprised as I was (laughs) because (laughs) she doubles back around and is like, what the fuck? So then she's like, oh, my God, what do I normally do when I shit? I bury it. Yeah. So she's (laughs) trying to, to bury it. And she's no. flabbergasted that she can't because the carpet oh, isn't litter. <laughs> it's so She's clawing at the <laughs> carpet, like from all directions. <laughs> cannot figure out why it's not going away. So I just shoo her away. Pause my podcast. Fucking clean that shit up. Literally. Your face is like half baked. You've got like. Seriously. I'm like, I got powder. All go- all I'm heat. like, I got half a wing on. All right. <laughs> They're not even today. And I blame her. Okay. They're not even <laughs> sisters. Oh, there uh, yeah, they are. Oh, my God. My wings are, like, getting a divorce. They they're fucking sisters, hate each other. <laughs> no, they are,
0: like, <laughs> fleeing. Okay, but maybe they're, like,
1: cousins getting a divorce because there's some relation. Cousins <laughs> getting a divorce. <laughs> That's fucking worse. <laughs> anyway, cleaned that up and got to work on time, but your girl deserved a coffee. Yeah, you did. But now I'm crashing, uh, and fine. I don't know why I felt the need to tell you that. No,
0: it was a really... It was good. I was... Almost as good as the the Newton SOS poops.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I loved that. Ugh. His little um Morse code. Morse code sh- sh- shits. Uh. Wow, that was good. Um, so happy Thursday. Happy guys. Thursday. You remember my cat? You know the one that knocked the plant over that you heard a few episodes ago? Yeah, that's her. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, um, but I just. As, that was, that was unpleasant, but I fucking love that cat. I just love cats in general, and I just want to give them the world. Newton has also been, like, super snuggly,
0: and I know that he gets more cuddly in the winter because he's, like, cold, but obviously I have, like, warm places for him. But it's just so nice because then I can, like, come up and snug him at any time, and he's <laughs> just,
1: like, purring away, and I'm like, you love me. You know what? We're going to include at the end of this episode um, some links to the ASPCA. Yes, because we are. Because if you are animal lovers like we are and we are oh yes we are we encourage you to make a donation this winter this holiday season because there are so many that don't have homes i'm gonna cry and we have other sad shit to talk about today actually it's true
0: and nowhere and i do mean nowhere in this podcast will you hear in the arms of an angel
1: Oh my God, that is triggering. That it is like it makes me so sad. I every time I hear there's so like growing up, like anytime that would come on, my mom would cry because she's where I got my love of animals from. I mean, my whole family in general, but like my mom especially is just like she's like Snow White with animals. Like they just they just come to her. She's just sweet.
0: Like, when I think about your mom, I literally think of her, like, throwing up a kitchen window and putting her little hand out and, like, having little birds come and, like, sit on it. No, like,
1: that's, she just, and she has that voice that's, like, just very calming and everything like that. And so. Hi. Hi, mom. Um, (laughs) And so, I don't know. So, anytime that came on when I was growing up, we'd always change the channel. Like, it did not fucking matter what it was. Like it would, we would ha- you c- that commercial does not play in this house, nope. and that has carried on even here.
0: And even if you want to watch the program, you leave for like the minute that the commercials are, yeah, and then and you, then go, you back. go back. Yeah, no.
1: And if you have my luck, usually the channel that you're switching to also, also has is playing, it. playing it, and yes. then you're like, Fuck, so Then you can't hit last <laughs> to go back, and so you have to change. It's a whole thing. Not that you guys care, you didn't ask, but but you know what we're
0: talking about, especially if you were alive like pre-streaming era. And you had that good, t- like, cable TV. Yeah. Ugh.
1: Anyway. Right, stop. We have other sad you guys, to talk about.
0: We are literally trying to do the thing right now, and you keep distracting us. So.
1: Seriously. All right.
0: Um, but, yeah, we will leave that ASPCA link at the end of – or. At the end of the show, we'll talk about it again, but we'll leave it in the show notes. And my hope for us this winter is to include a couple of things like this. You know, if you're ever considering donating to us when we're offering up links like this, please consider putting that donation to these causes. These are causes and organizations that Allie and I feel strongly about or support. And in the season of giving, we like to take part in that, too. So just throwing that out there. But absolutely. You guys, seriously? We have
1: a story to tell. We do. Sheesh. So today. Today? Today. Okay. Right now. Now? This Thursday. Fair. Coming to a theater near you. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, (laughs) We're going to be talking about the Gitchy Manitou Moiters. The Yeah. Gitchy Manitou Murders. The,
0: why does that remind me of like a fairly odd parent song?
1: I don't know. Anyway. It reminds me of like the coochie coochie Yeah. Da da da. I have no idea what the words are. On a roll. ce <laughs> soir? <laughs> yes. French. <laughs> that's why I can't it say it. I that that vowed I wasn't gonna do French again. You remember this?
0: It means will you sleep with me tonight? Oh, is that what that Voulez-vous coucher avec moi ce soir? Do you want to come home with me? Oh, that's so
1: like enticing. Voulez-vous coucher avec moi ce soir? Ce soir? croissant tonight <laughs> <laughs> um god damn it how many times am I the kitchen manitou murders okay. jesus this is so bad and this is it's just bad all right oh so okay. this i'm ready i'm ready this is located in iowa and so the area that we're going to be talking about today is the southeastern border of south dakota Okay. In the northwestern border of Iowa, where okay. the, where the two states meet. Fair. And that is where Gitchi Manitou is, which is a state preserve. Interesting. Okay. So, on November 17th, 1973, five che- teenagers, all friends, okay, went into the Gitchi Manitou State Preserve to camp out. Okay. But by the next day, only one of the five was alive. Oh my gosh. Horrific. Okay. And so the reason why I'm talking about this now is actually, you know, it's November now. So we're almost at the 49th anniversary. So that made me want to talk about it here. So let's back up a little bit. Please. The five teenagers that we're going to talk about, I'm going to be repeating like their name and their ages a lot because there are just a lot of names here. and I'm going to stick to just their first names. Mm -hmm. So the five teenagers that we're going to talk about are Roger Essam. So, Roger, he's 17 years old. And in some sources, they say that 13-year-old Sandra Chesky is his girlfriend. 17 to 13 seems like quite the age difference, but they're all, you know, they're, they're both under 18. Um, and not every source said that that was the boyfriend. So, okay. I kind of take that with a grain of salt. So, 17-year-old Roger, 13-year-old Sandra or Sandy, mm-hmm. um, 18-year-old Stuart Bade. 15-year-old okay. Michael Hadrath, 14-year-old Dana Bade, who was Stuart's little brother. Okay. Those are the five. So we got four boys, one girl. Oh, my
0: gosh. And the girl is 13, and the rest of them are 14, yes, 15, so we, 17, 18?
1: Yeah, we've got 13, 14, 15, 17, 18. That's a big range. Yeah, I think they all went to school together. Yeah. So... And again, we've got two brothers here. So okay. we've got Stuart and we have Dana. Just so you know Stuart those are the ones that are those are the ones that are related in this group of five. So they're all friends and they all decide that they're gonna go on a little camping trip for the night at the State Preserve. Um, which was less than twenty minutes from where they lived in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. So Sioux is spelled S I O U X. Yeah. And just so I mean I'm sure everybody knows this, but I'll say it. There's a lot of Native American and and indigenous influence here. So, a lot of the names of things are named after that. Um, The same is true in a lot of, like, Maine and New Hampshire and Vermont, like, lakes and highways and things like that. Um, You'll see a lot of just Native American named things. So, just so you have the idea that when I say Sioux, I mean S-I-O-U-X. Right. Not that it's a big part of what we're talking about today but just so you know okay love it so just so you can the picture you it know. in your little heads and so they all live again in south dakota um right on that sort of border 20 minutes over this is where they are in iowa okay so these five teens go camping they make a fire they all sit around the fire they're smoking a bit of the devil's lettuce they're teenagers in the 70s the schweed um enjoying the great outdoors they are singing campfire songs they're joking they're laughing and they're having a wholesome night
0: that makes me really sad
1: it sounds so nice and as always i wish this is where it would end what a nice like end let's just let's,
0: just, was live I let's just live there let's just live there
1: what a good night they had Some and kids they all camping so and they all went home Ugh. but they were being just very typical teenagers doing what teenagers do and honestly exactly what they should have been doing at that age right not that i'm condoning children smoking weed I'm, I'm not saying that but what i am saying is that the idea of being a teenager going camping with your closest friends the independence of that and when you're a teen you're sort of like pushing those boundaries and hoping that your parents will let you stay out just a little bit late past your curfew and there weren't even 10 miles from their homes but it probably felt like light years away right just right. not having an adult around and ooh, you know all of that it probably just felt like Freeing. a different world yeah. yeah and for the younger ones especially like how cool and the parents were probably like okay there's an 18 year old there's a 17 year like you know the 13 year old's not it's just a group of 13 year olds you know right and so I can remember being that age and being like, you know, oh my God, no one can tell me what to do. And all, the, you know, that's what you do when you're a teenager. That's exciting. That's, that is what being a teenager is about. To quote every coming of age film,
0: I'm not your little girl anymore. <laughs> like, or like, go sing campfire
1: songs with Jimmy, you know? That's like, your dream, not mine. <laughs> yeah. Like every one of those. No, yeah. I know what you mean. And really, that's what your childhood is for slowly stepping out of that nest but unfortunately and as always again i wish i could say the story ends here that they had a great night that they went home safe and sound just in time for their mom's homemade pancakes you know that wholesome shit but that's not what we talk about here this is true crime and not we don't do unicorn shooting rainbows no matter how much abby wants that i like them so much (laughs) so let's get into what does happen here okay all right so they're sitting around that campfire that they had made they're singing the songs they're passing the blunts Mm -hmm. they're living their lives this is in the middle of the woods so there are no street lamps there's no lights from nearby neighborhoods there's no you know car headlights there's none of that they have light from the campfire maybe flashlights if they thought i had enough to bring them and if you ever sat around a campfire with no other light present you know that The people who are immediately around the fire are visible, Mm -hmm. right? Then you can kind of see the flames, like, flicker light to, like, maybe some of the trees a little bit back. But then there's this, like, abrupt end point where it's just darkness. Yeah. And you can even walk right up to it, and that's it. The light only reaches so far. Yeah. So just picture that. A whole lot of nothing. Okay. Okay? Or in this case, maybe not quite nothing no and i also want to remind listeners especially the ones that are around our age that you know we have to make this mental note when we talk about things that were literally anytime before us because we do not have the same lens or perspective that they did right they didn't have smartphones they didn't have apple watches they didn't have flashlights on their phones Right. If these something are all
0: extra physical things that they have to remember to think about to bring to
1: have yeah. to grab. There's no find my friends, there's no life 360, there's no Snapchat location, there's no text to your mom, "Can you come pick me up? I'm scared." You're not calling home. You're not calling 911. You're not calling for help.
0: Yeah, you're on your own.
1: So that is where we're going to have these three others enter the scene. Three? Three. Fuck. So they're brothers. So they are Alan Fryer, who is 29, David Fryer, who's 24, and James Fryer, who's 21. And Alan, David, and James were all on the preserve to poach deer that night. So they're already being shitheads. But yeah. But while they're making their way through the woods, they can kind of see this light coming from, like, a little bit away. They can not make it out. Again, it's pitch black other than what right. you have on you. And if they can see light from something in the distance, they're going to go toward it and see what's going on. Right. So that's what they do. They start walking toward it. And this is where they happen upon our camping party. And, of course, the light the friars are seeing is the light from their campfire. Right. And so they notice that the teens have the Marijuanas. And they discuss, these three brothers amongst themselves, Tried to figure out how they could steal it from them. What? Get it from them. That's not even like
0: pothead culture. Like, if they had gone up to those kids, they would have been like, okay, bro, puff, puff, pass. Like, here you go. Seriously. And if they're already high, especially. Yeah, they're gonna be like, oh, my God, you need to get in on this. Like, you have no idea how fun, like, Cotton Eye Joe
1: sounds when you're stoned. (laughs) Like, (laughs) And so, instead of doing that, because that would have been a lot more wholesome... And we would have never talked about uh, it or heard about no. it or anything. Um, they did not do that. Instead, they decide to pose as narcotics enforcement police officers. Are you kidding? I shit you not. <laughs> Assholes. So, and uh. the the way that this is set up is the, the camping party, if you will, the, the group of five of them yeah. are kind of set up in this clearing. And so there's, I wouldn't call it like a hill, but it's like kind of raised around them. Okay. And so when the Friar brothers come up on them, they're looking down at them. Okay. So they have the advantage. They're from up above. Ugh. Creepy. Literally like hunting, right? I mean, they were there to hunt. They're trying to gain higher ground. And so they're looking down on them as they're doing this. So as this whole conversation is going on about how they're deciding that they're narcotics officers and they need to figure out how they're going to basically steal the weed from these teens. <laughs> um, <laughs> How dumb. I'm sorry. It's like so dumb. So, Ugh. Roger, the 17-year-old, kind of hears something in the woods and he's right. probably stoned and maybe a little bit paranoid and sort of starts walking toward it like what the hell's going on? Maybe maybe it's a wild animal, we don't know. It was all the woods. Who the frick frack knows. And so when he gets to the edge of the clearing where he can sort of like look up, he is met by the three brothers and their shotguns terrifying that's what he sees and do you know what they do no they open fire on them what so roger drops to the ground and dies instantly oh my god he's 17 years old and he may or may not have been dating sandra okay just so we remember who he is so he's down they also injured Stuart Bade, who, again, he's 18. And so Michael and Sandra, the 15- and 13-year-old, run into the woods uh. after this. They're, they're scared, so they run back. And Dana just stays where he is. So the brothers are calling for them and saying that, again, they're narcotics enforcement, that they could smell the w- marijuana that they had been smoking, that they were in big trouble. And they were ordered to come out from behind the trees that they were hiding in. They said, We see you in the woods. We know that you just ran there. We fucking uh, saw you. Come out. So Sandra and Michael do as they're told because they're police. And, and they're, they're also going, kids. And they're stoned. So they're complete like they're they're red lights. Yeah. They yeah. are not they're not doing well. So again, Every single one of them is high, or at least yeah. presumably. So they're not even like a little bit in a sober state of mind to deal with this whole interaction. I do not know what you do sober. I don't know what you do not sober. Well, I know the critical
0: thinking skills are kind of on hold when you're smoking the devil's lettuce, so they say. hmm And I can imagine being a kid and thinking you're in deep doo-doo.
1: right. But I'm sure their only like big issue right now is them being like, oh, my God, they're going to tell my parents. Right.
0: You know, babies.
1: But like also who just opens fire, like who knows what's going through their mind. So after Michael and Sandra come out of the woods, Michael sort of like pushes back, like, who the hell do you think you are? Yeah. So Alan Fryer who's one of the, basically one of the shooters, the Fryer brothers. They're the assholes here. Mm. Um, he's again, he's 29. He shoots 15 year old Michael in the arm. What the wounds fuck? him doesn't kill him. Doesn't like knock him down, but makes a statement. Don't push it. Don't fight yeah. back. Don't whatever. You're going to say,
0: okay, thank you.
1: So Roger's down. And I don't even know if the other campers know that Roger's dead. He's just not getting up. He's 17. Again, just hammering in the ages here because they're children. So, the Friar brothers gather Sandra, Michael, Stuart, and Dana all together, and they make them walk from the fire and bring them to the van that the teens had rode in on to the preserve. So, like, I believe it was uh, Dana and Stuart Bade's family's van. Okay. So, some sources sort of conflict about whether they had separated them and walked them up or if they walked them all up together but i don't really think that that's super irrelevant but just so you know that there's if you're picturing it in your head it could go one of two ways regardless though they get to the van and alan fryer ties up sandra Mm -hmm. and puts her in the van and then he gets in the driver's seat and he drives away (sighs) so of the five roger's dead Sandra's been taken by one of the brothers, so that left Stuart, Dana, and Michael behind with David and James Fryer. Okay. So the twenty four and twenty one year old brothers. And Michael has his arm shot.
0: Yep. Okay, are either of the other two like wounded from bullet wounds, do we know? They are not.
1: And okay. they're they're the other like pair of brothers here. Okay. But almost as soon as the van is out of sight, uh, David and James shoot and kill the three teens. What so the three that were still there, gone, dead, dead now. She's um. So while Alan is driving with Sandra, she maintains her composure. Queen. So and he's he's sticking with the original narrative that they're narcotics enforcement, that this all happened because they were smoking marijuana, and that he's the boss and that the other two would listen to him. So right. she better behave because he's, he's the guy. Because if he says do this or do that, they're gonna listen. So you better be on my good side. Right. So, a little bit after that, Alan meets up with James and David in a pickup truck. So, the brothers take their pickup truck. Again, Alan has stolen the van. Right. And they get Alan and Sandra into that pickup truck. Okay. And they drive for a little bit. Sandra really doesn't know where they're going, where they are. Again, she's probably still high. She's fucking terrified. There's three of them. There's one of her. Where are her friends? Mm -hmm. Where's her boyfriend? Okay. Or just like...
0: Anyone older than 13 that isn't a big scary man with a mm-hmm. gun. Yeah. Yep.
1: So they wind up at this old farmhouse and it has this big like red fuel tank out front. Okay. And this stands out to her. And their 21-year-old James Fryer rapes Sandra. Oh, baby girl. She's 13 fucking years old. God. So the next morning, using the red fuel tank out front, the brothers fill the pickup truck that they have. They fill the tank, and then they leave. Okay. And Alan tells Sandra that she's too young to get busted for drugs. And if you tell anybody what happened here, we'll come for you because we know where you live. And drop her off at home. They literally drop her off. They literally know where she lives? They know because she... Tells them. Tells them because they said, we'll bring you home. Oh. So as she's getting out, they say, and if you tell a fucking person what happened, hell's waiting for you. Oh. Oh. And there is no clear answer as to why she was the one left alive. Because all the other ones were just shot in cold blood. I mean, no issue. Just killed. That's fucking
0: wild.
1: And so she's the youngest and she's the only female and she's the one that's alive. And some sources say that Alan told James and David, like, don't worry. Like, you guys got the others. I'll kill this one. Got it. And then didn't have the heart to do it because he had spent time with her. Right. Others say that that was never the plan and that he just intended to leave, let her go.
0: Right. Well, and it sounds like you could also maybe argue that like they weren't intending on killing the other ones. If the whole thing was about stealing weed, they could have just hung out. They happened
1: upon them in the first place. It wasn't like they set out to kill them. Right. Or like we hate this group of kids or whatever. And I'll say kids because uh, they were kids. Children. Literal children, yeah. So Terry Johnson, who was an agent for the Iowa Bureau of Criminal Investigation, um, had worked on this case. Okay. And Terry Johnson had a theory, and he's quoted by the Argus leader. And again, all of our sources are always linked. But um, he's quoted as saying, Alan wasn't the brightest bulb. After the boys were gunned down and it was just him and her in the truck... I think he became aware of her as a person and rather than just somebody standing out in the woods. She remained calm and they talked and he couldn't bring himself to kill her.
0: Well, good. So
1: that's his theory. So later that day, a couple drives out to Gitche Manitou because they've just bought their car. They're going on like this test drive. They're so excited. And they find the bodies of three teenage boys.
0: Oh my gosh. What a... What a way to come upon that horrible scene. Ugh.
1: So that's fourteen-year-old Dana Bade, eighteen-year-old Stuart Bade. Again, this family lost two of their sons in the same night. My gosh. And fifteen-year-old Michael Hadrath. Okay. So when investigators arrive and begin canvassing the area, because obviously that couple hightails it out of there. Holy shit! They uh-huh. just found three dead kids. Yep. Um. Police are there, and that's when they find. Body of 17 year old Roger Essam down by the campsite next to where the fire was. Mm. So they're not, again, obviously not all killed in the same spot, right. but they end up finding Roger. Good. So that's the four of the five dead. So investigators had only 13 year old Sandra to ask about what happened, and she told them. She yeah. did not listen to Alan saying, Don't Good. tell anybody. She came forward. Good girl. At the same exact time that they had just found the bodies, because really the bodies were found the very next day. Okay. Because their bodies were left on the side of the road because it was it was like at the parking area oh, they didn't kill yeah. them in the deep of the woods right they brought them up to the cars right and that's where they shot them so it wasn't like maybe if they had been a mile inward it would maybe have they, taken longer maybe they wouldn't have been found at all or whatever right. or until the families noticed or something but by all intents and purposes i don't think the families are worried about them yet right because it's not like they were expected home at the ass crack of dawn yeah it's the next day they're gonna hang out in the woods yeah, yeah. like you knew what they were doing they were camping. So, Sandra still maintains her composure, even while she's talking to the police. Oh, my gosh. And for the most part, like, she really wasn't hysterical. She wasn't emotional. She wasn't anything. And this was unsettling to some of the investigators because they were kind of like, why isn't she freaking out? Her friends were murdered in front of her. She was kidnapped. She was assaulted. She was terrified. She was held captive by three people and then just freed out of nowhere right and for seemingly no reason other than don't tell anybody and we won't you know you won't get hurt yeah like what the fuck so that unsettled some of the investigators other investigators believed that she may have just still been in shock oh yeah and that you know some people freeze up instead of let it out and regardless we know more today than we did in the 70s about how people respond to trauma how people respond to absolutely frightening situations even days after the event yeah um we know how the brain can freeze up like that not saying that that's what happened but we're not going to say this is the blanket statement of how you should react in this and if you don't react this way that's the wrong way right so um this happened in lyon county just so you know okay uh lyon county iowa and the sheriff's department was investigating this case and the sheriff at the time was craig vincent and he actually took Sandra in the car to drive around to look for the farmhouse that she was brought to okay. because she couldn't remember street names. She didn't know where she was. She, it wasn't familiar to her. So right. they just said, okay, we're going to drive around. We're going to do our best and we're going to see. And let, you know, call it out. If, if anything looks familiar to you, if, if anything like that, let me know. So on November 29th, which was just 12 days after the murders and her assault, she recognized that big red fuel tank. Okay and identified the farmhouse to the sheriff okay that's saying good. like i know that's that's this it that's the it. one she didn't recognize anything else but she saw that and she said that's it and then like fate had arranged it alan fryer drove by in the pickup truck at the exact fucking time that her and the sheriff were there Yes, and she points him out and says that's him that's the boss the boss the oh, boss because that's what she yeah. was told and so it turns out that the farmhouse that she was brought to actually belonged to the employer of one of the brothers. Okay. So I, I forget which brother it was, but one of the Friars worked for this guy, uh, knew knew the yeah. property was going to be available and took her there. So law enforcement arrested Alan Fryer immediately. Good. And then shortly afterward, obviously arrested David and James Friar as well. And prior to their trials, actually, Alan and James escaped from jail. But then they were what? caught. But then they were caught. What? Like, they somehow escaped at the same time, made it as far as Wyoming, and then, like, were returned. Good. Drop Dropped, dropped <laughs> right the fuck back off. They said, um, no, you don't. Here you go. Here you go. So, during the trial, uh, when it came to the motive, there really wasn't one. Right. They happened upon them, quite literally. They wanted to steal their marijuana. I guess maybe they did. Uh, they even testified that they believed that narcotics officers could just shoot at people smoking weed. just be- Just because they were smoking weed. So they didn't think that they were oh. doing a bad job of acting out the part. But remember, this is the 70s, and weed is really bad. And right,
0: the devil's lettuce. And whatever. So
1: they didn't think that they were so far out of character that they were really tipping their cards on this. Oh, my gosh. So it was brought to their attention pretty swiftly that that was not true. Yeah, that's not really how it goes. No. No. Um, and so a former police officer of the county where Sioux Falls is had a theory as to why the brothers committed this crime. So his name is Kevin Kunkel.
0: Which okay. I just thought
1: was fun. Kevin Kunkel. Kevin Kunkel. What does he have to say? So he said that these guys went pheasant hunting that day, but didn't get any pheasants. So they went deer hunting, but couldn't find any deer. And that's when they decided to hunt the one thing they could find. Humans. Aww. Now, I don't know if I believe that.
0: that. It's definitely a good line. It definitely, like... Would make a really good headline or now, a
1: news correct cast. Could it have been a thrill kill? Could it have just been, hey, we wanted to kill something today and normally they'd kill animals, but hey, these are people and why not? Yeah, and
0: they've got weed we want to try, so Could that have might been as it? Well. Sure.
1: I don't know though. But what is really clear is that nobody new it's not like these people were friends even though they were all from generally the same area the age difference was pretty big yeah it's significant from what i could tell they didn't know each other 29 year old alan didn't know 13 year old sandra it's not like they went to school yeah. together so again for all intents and purposes strangers just happen upon them Jeez, like what um. if the fire wasn't that bright what if it was an hour apart what if they're they weren't singing so loud right you know and that i don't mean to like place blame on the victims it's not what i'm saying but like just the happenstance of it all it just was a perfect set of horrible circumstances yeah and opportunity for these evil three brothers i mean like even their parents what the fuck you raised three monsters how three people that are like that willing
0: to end life to take advantage of children at least like sexually attracted enough to a 13 year old Mm -hmm. to assault her like what the fuck are we doing here Mm -hmm. and how did they like how did the at least the 24 year old how did he not get like middle child syndrome and get left out of this
1: somehow like how did one of them have that idea say it out loud and like two were like yeah comfortable enough to say that out loud round table it and two others (laughs) were like you know what You know what? Let me check my schedule. I like that. I think I could
0: fit that in. Yeah, let's do that. Like, what the fuck? No. Fuck that. And so,
1: all three were convicted of murder. Good. They all received life sentences. James Fryer, who was the one that had assaulted Sandra, was not charged separately for that. The reason being is that they didn't want to put her through a trial. It would have been a whole yeah. separate trial. It would have been a whole separate deal. She would have had to testify, relive the whole thing again.
0: Well, and he's already in prison for life. And so, he's it's already not like, yeah,
1: he's already serving life. So it wasn't yeah. going to impact the amount of time served. Yeah. So I can wrap my head around that. So um, right now, all three brothers are in three different prisons in Iowa. So they're I'm all still they in Iowa. them up. Yes, but they don't have the luxury of like hanging out together. So yeah, I want to like talk family about family board game night isn't
0: happening on Thursdays and like wing C. Yeah. and No,
1: no, they're not doing that. They're not. They better not be allowed any fucking fun. But whatever. Yeah. Um. So Sandra Chesky today, she's a mother and a grandmother. Oh, and she's good. a survivor. Yes, queen. But life just after the attacks. Was not easy for her in so, so, so many ways. Oh, First, she was not offered or encouraged to or, like, expected to participate in any kind of mental health counseling or treatment afterwards. Fuck. She went through something so horrific, so traumatic, where her closest friends were murdered in front of her. She's assaulted. She's kidnapped, terrified, and then freed. And she's the topic of discussion for... I don't know, at least her entire state. Yep. And she's 13 years old. No therapy, no counseling, no nothing. No thanks. So when she returned to school after all of this, all of the kids had spread rumors saying that she must have been in on it. Oh. Now, I try to look at both sides. We know this. I have to try to, like, rationalize when people Our behave shit-heads irrationally i have to try to like find something in that i wonder if some of those kids were just grieving the loss of their classmates yeah and they wanted to blame someone that was there easy i could never wrap my head around that or do that or whatever but i'm not to make excuses because it's horrible i'm just trying to make sense of it right but they're saying that she must have been in on it because she was the lone survivor and no one else even got a word in Right. So how did she? How was she hand selected to be brought away, not witness the other three die? And you know what I mean. It it seemed like they were like, did they were they all killed so that they could get to her? Right. Well, and did she set that up? How did they happen upon them? So there were a lot of questions circulating.
0: Well, and the hard part, I'm sure, is, you know, as kids, you're not going to think about this the same way, but like. It could just be possible that she was 13 and looked 13 and the 29-year-old, who's old enough to literally be her father, mm-hmm. just said, like, too young. No. Like, can't separate that in my head.
1: But then there was a and maybe 14-year-old that they killed.
0: I, n- I don't I know. know. I know. And you know what I, I mean? Know. Like, it could have been anything. And I can't imagine how terrifying it is to have all of that happen and know that they know where you live. Mm-hmm. But also to like come back to that kind of greeting. Mhm. No, I no. She yeah, deserves much were, better than that.
1: They were mean to her. Like she got bullied, she got picked on. They were like you oh. you were in on this, you knew this. Why did you live? I mean the survivor's guilt she must have already been experiencing yeah. with no mental health help at all. So then those rumors went from the kids to the parents. So then the parents were saying, "I don't want you hanging around with this girl. She's bad news." So even the kids that may have even been nice to her were strictly aren't allowed to yeah forbade from even being friendly with her. Ugh. So she was isolated entirely in a time where she probably just needed friends. Yeah, like someone to hug her and be like, "Thank God you're back." Algebra sucked. Like and like this is middle school. Yeah. We, we've talked enough on this podcast about how much middle school girls fucking suck. Oh my gosh, such no that's mean. mean I mean, ho- she was already in hell being in middle school. You, you had not pay on me top enough money to go back. No. No. And so, between the kids bullying her, between the parents of the kids that maybe weren't bullying her, not uh, allowing her even around them, she dropped out of school young. Makes sense. Unfortunately, but I get it. And so, she ended up staying silent for decades about what happened. Well, and of course. She finally decided to tell her story to, ironically, a woman named Sandy um, and her husband, Phil Hammond, okay. um, who wrote the books Gitchy Girl and then Gitchy Girl Uncovered. Okay. So they wrote two on it about her and she offered like basically one on one interviews that no one else was granted. She really had right. kept quiet about it for decades until she opened up until she opened up to these people. And so the Gitchi Manitou State Preserve has been called for many years haunted. Mm-hmm. Um, even before all of this, it was said to be haunted by Native Americans who had once lived on the land. It's said that there, it, it's like a burial ground for like old Native American um, like tribes, and okay. so there are a lot of like unmarked like remains there and things like that. And then, of course, it took the most sinister turn on, you know... Four
0: children being murdered right. there. November, yeah. you
1: know, in November of 1973. And one of the most haunting things was that it was for no reason. Four, five teenagers went in. One teenager came out senselessly, baselessly, for no reason. No cause. Oh. No motive. No argument. No nothing no altercation just gunned down no reason and so this year november 17th it will be the 49th anniversary of these gruesome killings and as always i just want to end this with some resources because i know what we talked about was pretty tough um if you or someone you know has experienced sexual assault and are looking for resources you're not alone it's not your fault don't listen to those assholes like sandra had to listen to where
0: algebra did suck without her and it is not your fault.
1: It was it they were just people are awful. They suck. The people that do that, to other people are awful, and then the people that bully people afterwards because of it are awful too. Yeah. Um and again, we always encourage you to look at your individual states resources we can get you started we'll give the national ones for the united states absolutely and they're always going to be linked in our show notes when we talk about things like this even if we don't mention it at the end um but of course you can always uh, look into the the rain organization which is the rape abuse incest national network and the number is 800-656-HOPE or 800-656-4673 Um, And we also have the National Sexual Violence Resource Center listed there as well.
0: But you guys know it is so important to get help if you need it. Whether or not you had to face a trauma like Sandra or if, you know, you had a trauma of your own, you deserve to get that help. And don't forget about 988. If it really is a crisis, if you're not doing well mentally, call them. That's why they exist. No one is going to be upset or blame you or harass you for needing help. That is not where we're at anymore. And if anybody's there, they're in the fucking Stone Age. So
1: this was 50 years ago. And it's awful that she had to experience it. But I'm I'm glad that she was able to sort of like get it out. In yeah. A, in a way that was like peaceful to her. That I mean, those books weren't written by her. But she seemed to have trusted them enough with her story. And I believe one of the authors i think it was phil Mm -hmm. went to school with them oh wow so even if he wasn't like in her grade and didn't know her in school i think he was a little bit older maybe he was friends with like the 16 year old or excuse me the 17 year old i think it might have been um he remembered obviously it happening went to high school with them um but wanted to well actually tell the story from the person who survived it
0: And I think that's really the way to tell these survival stories, right? Because nobody who wasn't there was there. And Mm -hmm. that's just how it is. It's just a fact. And I think to try to tell that story and to not use victim input, to not talk to the only people that you have left that can tell you the closest thing to the truth. And that's not at all to say that victims of any kind lie about what happened to them. I'm just saying from what we know about trauma brain frequently you can forget things so not mm. necessarily lying but maybe just sometimes omitting things out of necessity of course cuz you don't know um that is the only way to sort of spread word of these stories in the most accurate way but also to honor the people that are harmed here like one of the reasons that true crime is so big in culture and society is a there's a twisted part of at least me and I'm sure some other you know, true crime fanatics out there that are fascinated as to how someone gets there. But we're also just human. Like, we have empathy. We can imagine what it must feel like to be that, like, scared shitless in the middle of the woods with nobody around but these people twice your age with guns. Mm -hmm. And I think that trying to tell a story without that, I don't know, it's, it's no longer a true crime case. It's a story. Like, that's all it is. And I'm glad that she found someone who was willing to sit down with her and talk with her about it. And also, that, you know, hopefully that provided some reprieve for her, that she was able to feel a little bit of relief with all of that off her chest because people were assholes. They were awful to what her. What the
1: fuck? And it's so sad looking at photos of the victims because all that's really there are their black and white school yeah. photos. You know, like the brothers, you can see the resemblance, you can, you know, and it's just, it's awful. It's like, that's where, that's where they're frozen. That is the last photo of them. That is, that is the age. It's that's it. That's, that was it. They didn't get older than that. They didn't have more than that. They didn't get to grow out of that. And had any of them decided to go camping a different night or do whatever, the entire trajectory of their entire lives would have been so different. I feel like you get really fascinated by like the happenstance. I do because I I feel like there has to be reasons and things and I have to find reason in things and I have to yeah. find <laughs> the good in it. I, I need something concrete. And so when it's when there's not that it I'm gravitated toward that because I need to know more and I need to right. try to make sense of it. You're like,
0: hold up. What am I missing? Yeah.
1: Because um, if anything had been done differently. Yeah. One night one different for any of them.
0: Mm hmm. God knows, maybe if it was like two of the brothers, the third one wouldn't have suggested or one of them wouldn't have said, yeah, that's a good idea. And like persuaded. The, we don't know.
1: But or maybe they just left them alone or said, hey, like, uh, want to pass a little bit. Puff, puff, pass, Yeah. You know, like the conversations would have been different. And to me, that just tells me they weren't doing that for the weed. They just wanted to no. kill somebody. Exactly. Like to me, there is no doubt in my mind
0: that the weed had nothing to do with it other than a ruse to get in there.
1: And other than trying to maybe make it look like they were bad kids because smoking weed in the 70s was right. like... You know, well, th- these were these were problem kids. And that was the other thing that they said about Sandra. Well, she was in the woods with all these older boys. And granted, they were older than her. I mean, yeah. I, I sur- sure as shit wouldn't have been allowed to do that. But it was the fucking 70s. Yeah, and also, like... Okay, don't get me wrong.
0: I'm a little jarred at a 13 and maybe dating a 17 or 18-year-old. That's a lot for me, but... Regardless, if her parents were comfortable with it and her parents okayed that. And it was legal. I guarantee you that they would not have felt comfortable if they knew that was going to come. And she wouldn't have been there if she knew what was going to come. Mm -hmm. Because whether or not you're 12 and believe that this little 13-year-old could have mustered up like... The imagination, courage, network connects and planning abilities to do this, which all just seems fucking insane in the 70s and at all, honestly. Um, Why would she put herself through that? Why would she be there? Why would she watch that happen? Why would she allow that memory to be put in her brain? Mm-hmm. Like, no, no. You got to protect yourself with that stuff. And even 13 year olds know not to do that. Like, mm hmm. There's just an element of survival that I think all humans are born
1: with. You have an instinct to not die. Well, right. And I think, you know, there are a lot of different true crime podcasts out there that tell these cases a different way. We take the approach of, you know, Abby and I don't know the case that we're going to share because we believe in the authenticity of talking about them and the emotions that come to mind when you talk about it. Very, very, very little of what we do is scripted. I think that can be kind of clear sometimes. I personally enjoy that style. Now, if you enjoy like a storytelling over music version of it, there are so many of those and they're great. Yeah. Um, not what we're here to do but i think like when we talk about cases like this and we talk about the human experience and what we what our takeaways are and what comes to mind when you first hear those things okay let me put myself where they where they are right shaking in my boots peeing my pants like scared shitless and like i don't like being in the woods anyway don't think i would have signed up for that don't (laughs) think that would have been my thing um But had, you know, my boyfriend convinced me to go hang out with some friends and oh my God, it'd be so cool to hang out with some older boys and oh, they think I'm cool enough to hang out with them. That's so cool. I'll go. Yeah. It's just one night and it's 20 minutes away. What's the worst that can happen? I'll be home in the morning. I'll shower then. Yeah. You know what I mean? That those juvenile thoughts. (sighs) Yeah. And like you died high you died scared shitless not knowing if that was just your paranoia or whatever i mean roger got up to go look in the woods because he did hear something just didn't know what something was and then ended up with a bullet in his face like and then dropped was dropped on the ground and that was it that was the end of roger that was that was done he was 17 years old I am so grateful for every
0: day I made it past 17. I was such a dipshit and I'm so glad that I got to make it past that. And that is not me calling him one. I'm just saying like I, it like baffles me to have to put myself into that mindset Mm -hmm. because I don't know what I would have done. I was an idiot. I was 17. And so I always have like, I feel like a lot of compassion and empathy for children and like teens in this area because yeah, 16, 17, even 18, you might look like an adult, but you did not have that experience. You have not lived as an adult. Like you are still a teenager baby. Like you don't have it. You just also don't have your frontal lobe. Like it's not developed. So, okay. She went camping with a couple of older kids. Maybe that's not what you would do, but maybe you're over 25 with a full fucking developed frontal lobe and you can make clear decisions. Like she was, 13 she's half the age of someone who just developed their brain Mm -hmm. all the way
1: hell no and it's i don't know it's just it's awful and i think of what that must have been like and i mean if i still was who i was at 16 17 18 if i still wanted the things that i wanted when I was 16 17 18 if I kept the company that I had at that age if I had if any of those things were still the same I would not be me nope
0: and I wouldn't have grown in the ways that I did and I think that's one of my favorite things about myself every time I look back at my past selves I think how fucking cringy and I hope that I do that for the rest of my life
1: it like lives rent free in my head that there's versions of me that people remember that are like not oh, even close so, so cringy and so not me anymore <laughs> and know. things like that that are just so out of touch like i i really don't use social media i'll be honest like it's really not my thing um my twitter and instagram have been hacked i don't know how many times and really so, no seriously oh my god and so like, I have them back. Like, it says, like, oh, it's yours. But, like, there's accounts I know that I never clicked to follow that I will see that I'm following. Right. There's posts that I it says I liked that I know that I've never liked. Right. There are things that it says. And I'm like, I don't, what is this? So, I don't even trust it. And I just, like, move it away. But, like, sometimes there is that, like, capture of, like, your life at that time or the things that yes. you post. And I take it all with a grain of salt because if it's something I liked or reposted or whatever, I'm not even convinced I did that <laughs> at this point. <laughs> And I don't even, I mean, I don't use them anymore See anyway. It doesn't it. matter. But, like, it's just there's something innocent and, in like, that glimpse yes. at your life. But it's refreshing that that can just be a glimpse. And it's like, okay, look at where I am now. Look at what I've done now. Look at what's different today.
0: Well, and I'll say I think that's honestly my favorite part of growing up with social media. I'm not super big on it anymore, but I used to be a lot more into it than I am now. And, like... I love going on Facebook on, like, a random day and saying what 11-year-old me thought was important to post. And it's, like, always some dumbass quote from something that I was like, ha, 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 like, that was funny. I'm like,
1: that's it. We talked about that with Martha Moxley, too, with her diary and how that's such, like, it's a little snapshot into your life then and how cool is that. But she never got the chance to look back at that and think, oh, my God, how juvenile and, like adorable yeah. like oh me little little Martha having a little crush on the Skakels you know and things like that that we have the luxury of being able to look back and say oh wow like look how different I was or how sweet it was or right. how innocent that was and there are a lot of young people that we talk about here that don't have the opportunity to do that whether that's a diary or that's social media post or that's whatever there's that innocence that's stolen
0: yeah and ultimately like I love when there are pieces from people and victims in writing that you can see where they were at because I think that's something that a lot of people forget too is looking at any crime that we talk about, listen to, hear about. We all look at it from the lens of our life and where we're at and the experiences that we've had. And I think especially with kids and like these younger people I would say probably up through like 18 or 19. They just don't have that. Like even if they look grown, even a 19 year old who looks grown in their first year of college might know nothing compared to a 13 year old who had to live on the street for a year. Mm -hmm. And that's not to say, you know, that's any of this case. But just like I think oftentimes we forget that perspective lens is so different for victims, especially when they're young. And it just breaks my little heart because it's like a 13 year old did not deserve to be sexually assaulted to whatever extent that was driven around by three grown ass men with guns dropped off at her house. Like, how am I the only one that made it out of this thing alive Told that
1: they were law enforcement? Yep. What kind of tainted view does she have on, or did she have on law enforcement? And then the sheriff has her in his car to drive around to find, you know, if anything looks familiar to you let us help you like in a safe way let's drive around let's see what we can find we because we want justice for what you've been through and what happened
0: but how brave is it to step foot in that car after what happened last time
1: yeah but you mean a week ago she was just told by these three people that told her that they were cops too with guns and you have one Yep. In a car, you have one. You know what I mean? It's just like when you're 13, you're not thinking of the logistics of all of that. You're just no. like, okay, you said that and I believe you. Yep. Yeah. And so now what? this one doesn't assault me. Like, thank goodness, obviously. Like you'd get in a car after that? No. With any man? I, I mean, at 13? Uh, no, thank you. Oh, uh, I don't know.
0: I'm impressed by how brave she is. And I am so glad to hear that she has had such like a fruitful and full life mm-hmm. even despite all of that and hopefully in
1: spite of all of that because fuck those guys for trying to take any of that away yeah and i we totally went off on a tangent about like just the when you when they die young and and what that looks like and i know that wasn't the case for sandra but it was for her friends yeah and she still has to live with the fact that she was the one of all of them that lived and I'm sure she's had to struggle with why and even though none of those things are questions that she can answer or that are her responsibility to answer yeah because there's not answers to them
0: and unfortunately like that is you know like Ali said we're drawn to the the need to make like a piece of logic or some rationale out of these things that happen and sometimes there isn't any sometimes people are just fucking dirtbags and that's okay It's not okay that they're dirtbags, but it's okay to accept that sometimes people are just shitholes. Shitholes. I like that. I just don't think that, like, for me, when stuff like this happens, I think what happens in my brain is there's, like, this piece of rage that's like, fuck them. Like, I don't want to even give them another minute of, like, acknowledgement. Mm -hmm. And also, at the same time, being like, how does this happen? How can I rationalize this without acknowledging them? And You know... You can't totally do that. I like to see black and white, but the world's a lot of gray. And I think that in this case, particularly for me, it's hard because I'm like, how the fuck do any of you think that's a good idea, let alone all three of you? And then why do you do it? How does that 21 year old who's three years different from that 18 year old, like Mm -hmm. rationalize that in his head?
1: How did the 21 year old sexually assault the 13 year old? How do you do
0: that? That's a 13-year-old. You know what? When I was 21, I would not even, like, like no, nope, no, not, that's not, a, uh, Sandra, not at all. That's me saying, like, uh, different life stages, that's a child. No, nope. that's a
1: baby. That's an
0: infant. Give her a bottle. Yeah, seriously. Boop her on the nose, make her be like, oh, I'm not your little girl anymore. But, like, treat her like a little girl because she's a baby.
1: She was just, and she was so cute. I know. and It's just, it's awful what they had to go through and- And it's a it's an awful case, but it's it's, I I guess, relevant in the time of year that this is. And, you know, we're coming up on 50 years next year will be
0: good for her for making the best out of her life in a way that it was just totally like fucking wrecked. That sucks. We need a reprieve from this. We do need a reprieve. Hold up. All right, guys. We are going to do some riddles for our reprieve because, damn, we need one.
1: That was a lot, so we're just gonna we're gonna test the other. All right, I'm gonna go first. Okay. What two things can you never eat for breakfast? What? Lunch and dinner.
0: I love it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. A man and his boss have the same parents, but they are not siblings. Oh, fuck you! You're doing one of these. How is this possible? Say it again. A man and his boss have the same parents, but they are not siblings. Is he the boss? Yeah, he's hey. self-employed.
1: Okay. Um, what has hands and a face, but can't hold anything and can't smile? Clock. Yeah. Nice. All right.
0: Why did the invisible man turn down a job offer? Uh. He just couldn't see himself doing it. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's a <laughs> joke, not a riddle. I but it was under the riddles so don't blame me
1: <laughs> i'm light as a feather yet the strongest person in the world can't hold me for five minutes
0: who am i the crippling weight of the family comedian i don't know what
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's me i'm <laughs> just kidding she said you called no um your breath fair light as a feather but no one can hold me
0: i love that that's interesting um, okay, I feel like so many of these are just jokes. Like, <laughs> okay, why did the spider get a job in it? Um, ooh, 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 ooh,
1: ooh, ooh. worldwide web, something with a web. He excels at web design. Hey, <laughs> does that count? Do I get like half credit for that? You do get half credit for
0: that. Okay, here we go. People make me, save me, change me, raise me. What am I?
1: Wait, say that again.
0: People make me, save me, change me, and raise me. What am I? Change, not a child. Attire? Monies. Oh. Make me, save me, change me, raise me.
1: Cool. I was like, I thought I was slick with like changing attire. Like, I like that. That's no, something that I good. can't do, but I <laughs> can use in a riddle. Check this out. A <laughs> hey, I'm fun at parties. Uh. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Wow, you guys. That was a very little, very, very, very little. Okay, wait, 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 wait. Okay, okay one more. One right, more. Okay. One All more. Right, just because okay. it works. Okay. okay. Without me, Thanksgiving and Christmas are incomplete. When I'm on the table, everyone tends to overeat. What am I?
0: Cranberry sauce.
1: No, turkey. Oh, I fucking hate turkey. Me too. (laughs) Turkey. And now you're coughing. Sorry if you guys heard any of that. I just laughed so hard I choked. The (laughs) turkey. I didn't even mean to say it. The turkey. The turkey. The turkey. I don't like turkey though. I don't either. Which is why I said cranberry sauce. It's so much better. I am. I'm figuring out my issue, right? Okay. Okay. All I want at every like big meal. Yeah. Are the carbs. Yeah. Like you sit me the potatoes. Thank you. Stuffing. Thank you. The rolls get fucked. I'm taking them <laughs> <laughs> like a turkey. No cranberry yeah. sauce. Get it away from me.
0: See, I really like a lot of foods, but I think I have like an interesting texture thing. Like I don't want it to be too dry mm-hmm. or I want it to be entirely dry. So like turkey where it's like kind of moist, but uh, no, like can don't I like drown it? it in barbecue
1: sauce? Maybe I can like. Eat it if Mm -hmm. I plug my nose. Maybe. I
0: hate stuffing because it's that same kind of like kind of dry, kind of moist. Okay, but you haven't had my mom's. stuff. No, everybody says that. That sounds so bad. Shut up. I love you so much. I don't mean shut up as in like shut up. But (laughs) I mean... I, I will go mute. Try. I try so hard. Everybody tells me, but you haven't had that. No, I've, ha- I've had so many. I don't like the texture. It's not a taste thing.
1: I'm sure they taste great. I hear you. It's not good for me. I validate you. I understand. Thank you. I'm going to bring you some of my mom's no. stuff.
0: I like your mom. I don't want to make her feel bad by not liking it. And I don't like stuffing. I don't want to <laughs> let people down. <laughs> I don't... It's a hard time for me. It's a hard time. Apparently, Christ. But I do love a green bean casserole. Oh my God! Ew, that's nauseating. So good with those little like French onion things on top. Mm.
1: Why would you waste little French onion things on top like that? It's because I love green beans. Anything that's I a like casserole. I like cream of mushroom. You and I like are onions. Animal. And, and I, the, I like I'm the palate of a child. If you haven't noticed, I'm like yeah. a ten year old. I like 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 gummy bears and
0: (laughs) (laughs) today she was like i wish i had more nerds i do i know
1: do you guys remember okay we were talking about this earlier do you all remember the candy krabby patties you know the ones in the little the little containers and i was just thinking about how radioactive they must be (laughs) okay but now hear me out is it probably bad for you yes and is Every single one that I ate in my childhood probably still in my body. Also, <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. But tell me why the lettuce tastes the best on it.
0: Fascinating. I
1: tell don't think why. I
0: ever took them apart like that. And okay, maybe well, you didn't have I I didn't the free like time them. that I did
1: when I was <laughs> a kid because I um, had my favorites and I would eat them in order
0: see for me from I, least to well yeah because you have to save the best one you have for to last, save the best one because then it's the last taste in your mouth and you get it longer of course yes oh you get um. me is that why we're doing this <laughs> yeah I think okay so. um for me I would it's always been worst first so like I like bottle caps I hate ooh, I hate orange I hate orange it's the worst every time I get it of I'd the like, bottle caps pop, yeah I'd it's pop the them root all in beer ones
1: mouth. are elite and the rest just need to root beer ones go are good the coke ones are okay there's coke ones yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, what the fuck have they been all my life? I'm gonna have um, some right now. So I anyway, here.
0: it is totally understandable. Worst first, best last. Anyway, you guys, we'll stop boring you with our food porn. But um, food porn. Yeah, no. Let's just talk about once again, really quick. Check out the ASPCA. Allie and I are both really passionate about it. We love the animals, and um, if you wanted to get to that link you could definitely look in the show notes but also you could go on to our instagram Allie,
1: where would that be that would be about time for true crime pod with periods in between all the words so that is oh god a b o u t period t i m e period f o r period t r u e period c r i m e period pod also in the show notes if i spelled that wrong And
0: if you guys go there, not only can you see any of the people and places that we talk about in these episodes, you can see all of our highlights, um, fun true crime memes, any of the resources that we have. And I think it's a pretty good time. You
1: can also enter into our little giveaway for a T-shirt. Hell
0: yeah. So don't forget... Every single post that we make or story that we make that you reshare to your story and any time that you comment on one of our posts with other people's names, all of that is an entry. So just get the word on out there and see if you're our lucky t-shirt winner. And yes, we do have a variety of sizes so you can pick, but um, I don't think you guys were worried about that. So (laughs) if you want to email us something longer, tell us a story, suggest some stories like true crime stories that you want to hear abby you, please tell them how, where they can email that they could totally email that to us at about time the numeric for tc like true crime at gmail.com so that's
1: Wait, is the tc like true crime yeah Oh, okay
0: cool. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. uh and the four is a number not the word oh. so it's a b-o-u-t-t-i-m-e numeric for tc at gmail.com love it and you guys Yauza, thanks for sticking in that was a doozy
1: we hope that you guys had a great time with us. We always have a good time with you. Hell yeah. But if I check my watch, that was about, about time, time for, for True Crime. True Crime. Bye. Bye. Oh